Welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and I am joined by Mike Gendron and Trent Fontanella, and we got a special bonus episode for you guys. Yeah, so Steve, usually I spend like you know my whole week developing what I'm going to say at the top of the show. I get super, you know, into it. Um, this like, you know, it's what we start the show with. It sets the mood tonight. Um, you know, I'll be honest with the listeners. We just recorded an entire episode. I got nothing left to say. I got nothing yeah. left to say, Trent. The uh, the beginning and the end of the episode is the biggest stressor in you know, my, my work day, my day. I mean, the rest <laughs> of it I can just make up and pretend like I know what I'm talking about, even though most of the time I'm speaking on my ass. If you haven't figured it out by now, then I don't know what you're listening to. But <laughs> the beginning and the end is like real pressure. It's like your time to go. So um, that's my way of saying I have nothing to say either. <laughs> All right. So, All right, Mike. So why don't you why don't you tell the listeners what we got in store for them in this bonus episode? Yeah. So, like I said, at the end of our of our episode on Thursday, we're gonna just start trying to pump out as much content as we can. We're trying to make the listeners happy. We're trying to put smile on people's face. Trying to distract from what's going on in the world right now. So what we did was we collected some questions from the listeners, from you guys out there, and we're just gonna go ahead and answer them. And I I've only read them in the sense where like I received the questions, but I haven't really thought much about them. Stephen Trent, you guys haven't heard them at all yet, so this is just we're just shooting the shit oh, here. It's gonna be on the fly, baby. I love it. So, so Honestly, but you're probably you're probably gonna get better answers that way though. I mean, probably it might get a little weird, but it, it's you know it is what it is. And Great and goodness. not to mention the fact that we just recorded an, uh, an entire episode, so we've been drinking beers for about two and a half hours already. This, so this is yeah. this is the most I've drank during quarantine. <laughs> just having a nice long episode. Again, yeah, gonna I mean, make it that much better. It's it could get a little bit. All right. So this first question to start us off. So let me preface. Um, <laughs> in in the message I put out, I said, send us your best running related questions because I wanted to specifically avoid coronavirus questions. I don't want to talk about coronavirus right now. So most of them were running related. Some of them were not. But that's okay. So this first one is not running related, and it's great. This one comes in from Kenny. <laughs> Kenny says, who would win in a fight? The sun or three trillion tigers? What do you think? <laughs> I mean... Oh, Kenny was super stoned when he asked that question. <laughs> what a question. All right, well, so... I mean... That's a lot of tigers. There's so, so many tigers. <laughs> a lot of tigers. It's so many tigers. A lot oh, hold of tigers. on. Okay, hold so, on. Hold on. Let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. So this is on me. This is on me. Hand up on me. I've been watching Tiger King lately, so tigers have been on my mind. It's not tigers. It's lions. Three trillion lions. That changes okay. everything. So I don't know if that changes your answer, but let's let's go forward. So if the lions had a real plan of attack, you could theoretically. Like, make a wall miles deep <laughs> of lions that could block the sun heat, right? 
and then you have this like whole so you could have like a couple trillion lions left over that could then get to the sun but i don't understand what they do when they get to the sun like <laughs> how do you penetrate the sun so I mean, I think you're looking at this all wrong, buddy. Okay, the Lions' only chance here is we got to. It, it, it's gonna be a few year long process, but we have to come up with like a mega cannon, right? Just the biggest cannon you've ever seen. Stuff all three trillion tigers into there, and if you fire three trillion tigers, I mean, each of them weigh you know a hundred plus pounds. You fire you know a few trillion. T- trillion pounds at the sun we're hoping that we can knock it off of its kind of like gravity field a little bit and then and then things get weird the sun's off its balance it doesn't know what to do now we're at the advantage what happens from there i can't you know all of a sudden it's in a black hole sun's gone that's that's right so i think that's our best chance right there so we just gotta use the, the the pure mass of the lions and just fire them straight into the sun you don't you don't think the sun would just eat those punches though I mean, like as soon as as soon as a lion enters the the like the atmosphere of the sun, it's gonna burn up instantly. I just feel like you'd be you'd be fueling the fire. See, th- th- and that's the problem, Steve. Right? Is like, how close can we get to the sun before it even matters? Like, right? Like before they burn up? Like you probably can't even get that close. That's why so you need the wall of lions. You need the <laughs> that's wall what... to block the sun's but, heat. But three trillion. I think we underestimate how. Big three trillion is of a number. I think you're I mean, underestimating how powerful the sun yeah, is. Like. The I, sun is. I, don't, I, I, I don't think I am. I think I'm giving the sun the respect it deserves. But three trillion is a big. I mean, it gives All us right, a. Hold on, so, hold on. Let's let's do some quick math right here. Okay. Oh so, boy, it's never a good thing when we're starting to do how, math. How like can somebody do a quick Google search? How much does a your average lion weigh? All right. Let me see. Make sure I get enough, the right number of zeros. Male, here. oh, this is a big difference. Male, 420 pounds. Female, 280. So let's call so, it about, you know, 350. Well, I'd say for the sake of the argument, let's go with the higher end. Let's say there are three trillion male lions, so 480 right. pounds. So my, hold on. Oh, so I was worried that my iPhone calculator only went to 300 million but if you turn it sideways it goes it goes it can go more so i'm at whoa, 3 whoa. billion that's a all right so i'm at i'm at 3 trillion times what did we say the average weight was we'll say 4 480 we're going to all males okay um yeah the, we could it, there wasn't any specification on what gender yeah, so yeah we're going to say all males j- all right. j- for the sake of this argument so we can get we can get our cannon what's bigger what's a what's 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 bigger than a trillion? Quadrillion. Quadrillion. Yeah, so, so we got yeah. one quadrillion four hundred and forty-four trillion pounds. Boys, I mean, that's a lot. Of, I don't know. That's a lot of pounds. Boys, that's a lot boys, of pounds. I, I have bad news. See, the thing is, I, all we need to do is knock it off. It's like, boys, it's you know, it's 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 path like a little just, to disrupt things. I just did a Google of the weight of the sun. The sun is 1.989 times 10 to the 30th kilograms. <laughs> I don't think the lions. <laughs> All right, that puts it to rest. <laughs> well, well, so so hold on. It, it, what we're doing here no, is no, no, no. no, no what we're doing is clearly, clearly the sun wins, right? 
but we're trying to formulate the argument. Like, we're being the lawyers for the lion, right? Like, obviously, the lion is a losing case. But what we just did was we tried to make the argument for the lion. I think we did an okay job. At the end of the day, the sun wins. But if you need to make the argument for the lion, we just gave it for you. Good question. Good question. Next question. Good question. All right. The next question comes in from Bill. Uh, The question is, do you jog in place at a red light or nah? I have been firm on this stance for my entire running career. Some people will jog in place. Some people might even jog it out in the opposite direction. That red light is your permission to take a nice little breather. Sit back. Enjoy the wait. You know, maybe take a chance at, at crossing if you get an opportunity, but no, jogging in place, not for me. Your your answer is only right half the time. When you are running a set loop distance-wise, when you have like a set, you know, path that you're going to go, then you absolutely stop at the red light. You let yourself have that time to take a break. If you're running for time, if you don't know your loop, you got to keep that watch running. I'm not about to stop that watch when I get there. In that case, you have to jog, and you keep that watch running, you're done with your run sooner. See, I'm in between both of you guys, right? I'm not jogging in place because that's a crazy move. But I'm also not just standing there. I like I, Mentally, I want to make myself feel like I'm still doing something. So I'll do one of those kind of like you stand there, like you sway side to side, and you kind of like – one hand on the hip and you're like shaking one leg at a time type thing you know what i'm saying that's the move right there because it makes you it it makes you look elite and like you're doing something to improve your run but you're not looking like a complete imbecile jogging in place like you're actually trying to accomplish something here i will make this promise to the listeners right now i will never ever in my entire life be a jog in place guy those, I mean, what what are we trying to do here? What are we trying we're, to do? We're trying to keep the clock running so I get to, if I want to run for an hour that day, I keep the clock running because I don't want to have to run for two hours if I'm what running in the city. What I is got the jogging place do? doing? I got podcast to do. Ah, it's man. mentally letting me keep that, that, like, that clock running. The other advantage of jogging in place is that I'm a big, like, reckless street crosser when I cross the road. You know, I'm not going to wait for the cross sign. That's, that's just bananas so when i'm jogging in place i'm keeping my engine rolling i'm revved up i'm ready to sprint right across as soon as i see a gap that's like barely big enough for me to get there if i stop that's a pull hamstring waiting to happen that's taking me an extra <laughs> couple milliseconds to get you know up to speed so you got to stay running in place if you're looking for a quick cross that's a classic new hampshire kid i grew up in the middle of nowhere answer you try bombing across some of the intersections in a, in a city you're not going to be running very long buddy yeah, my, my loops don't have red lights. I don't know what this question's all about. All right, the next question comes in from Chad. And Chad wants to know, what would be uh, your, like, workout montage song? So I'm thinking, uh, what I'm assuming this question is, like, you know, Rocky montage, like, playing in the background. Like, what is the song playing in the background of your workout montage? Mm, that's I, mean, I, I mean, I have a very, very simple answer to this question. So, Rocky, I mean, all the, most of the Rockies are some of my favorite movies of all time. When you really look at the movies, especially as once you get into, like, number three, number four, five didn't really happy, happen. You skip to uh, number six. They're not really great movies. The reason they're good is because of the montages. 
they did it perfectly. Nobody can do a montage better than some of the Rocky montages. So when you're talking about any type of training montage, you just got to take one of the Rocky songs, preferably the songs from Rocky Four. Like, can't go wrong with that. There was a, a period in my life where um, I only had Taylor Swift on my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> so when I would listen to music, my only option was Taylor Swift. And that was a period in my life when I was running a lot. And so when I think of montages, I think of Taylor Swift. And in a weird way, you know, some of the like sappy ones like the slow that stuff would just fire me up more than you know a pump up song so maybe like a dear john by taylor swift that would be the worst montage ever so i am in general going with you know one of like five or six different m&m songs uh, that i can think of off the top of my head that would generally be my go-to like back in the day when i was crushing it but I was kind of thinking, about, I was kind of thinking about this question, and like that's geared towards a time like when I was training like Rocky, right? Like when I was crushing it. I was thinking about in this day and age when training is, you know, not quite Rocky esque. <laughs> I was thinking about my montage would kind of the music would sound, you know, a little bit maybe like the Curb Your Enthusiasm, Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> type like music because that's how like ridiculous I probably look at uh, out there. So. Just the Seinfeld music. Yeah. Yeah. He just seemed like doing his little like hip sway at the red lights. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's probably what my montage would look like these days. So when Trent's montage, Trent's montage should just be the the circus music. (laughs) (laughs) Seen some of those outfits you wear to run and tread. That's right. So uh, Trentel, this question actually. Is perfect because we talked a little bit about this on the last pod. Um, And I'll be honest, when I saw the question, I didn't know what the question was asking until you explained it on the last episode. But Mm -hmm. should the P2 Early Boys try to do an Icarus-type experiment for a local 5K? (laughs) That That would be the peak of all our careers right there. I mean... That guy made, you know, a little licorice type thing, and he's famous now. He's got a world-famous documentary. Why we haven't tried to absolutely blood dope and take every possible steroid under the sun is uh, is beyond my understanding of, of us as a, you know, as a podcast. So um, if, if, we, if we were given the opportunity, I think I speak for all of us in saying we would all do it. It just takes a lot of work to find the drugs and to find the crazy Russian, you know, scientist guy that'll that'll give them to us but um maybe that maybe that's next for us i mean we've talked about in the past you know what it would look like you know hiding bikes in bushes and trying to to cut the course and and win races that like rosie ruiz style win races that we have no business winning so you know if we're up for that you know i'll take some drugs let's do it the problem with that is as you saw in the the movie if you've watched it you still have to train hard so we do still have to train (laughs) hard So, and that brings me to my point here, Trent, is like, I mean, I was talking about it when I was a D2 college athlete. Like, who is, you know, I'm a middle-of-the-road D2 runner. Like, who is actually, like, what do I have to lose by, like, doing some crazy doping or, you know, you know, drug scandal here? What's the worst that could happen to me? And A couple of course, years I off never, your life, maybe? 
Yeah, maybe maybe that. But I mean, like, what are they gonna do? Kick me out of the NCAA at that point? I'm, they would never be testing me at like some outrageous levels, anyways. So we we would joke about that all the time. When I was writing, but now I'm at the point in my life where it's like, how funny of a story would that be if somebody just like trained their ass off and was taking these like outrageous performance enhancing drugs just to do like your charity 5Ks and just to be like the greatest like road race 5K legend of all time? Oh that no, would be... it happened in Canada like recently, like like last fall. They caught a no. guy. Yeah, with EPO, that was just like a local hero. This is like Steve, a real story. Steve, you need to find that. that I will. Guy. I, I, I'll, get, I'll get on it. I'll get on it. To get on the show, because that guy is my hero. No, I mean, I'll get on it. That guy has nothing to lose. I mean, it's unbelievable. I love the it. Thing, the thing about it is, you know, I, I say my first reaction is, of course, we would do it. In the in the documentary, they, they kind of show his face the first time he's actually injecting himself you know with with steroids you know needle pulling down his pants and shoving it in his ass type of thing and you can see that moment cross through his his eyes like am i really gonna do this am i actually gonna you know do steroids to win an amateur bicycle race um and he does it so if he can do it we can do it (laughs) all right so if you got a guy let's hook us up let us know that's what we're trying to say all right the next question comes in from jake Jake, what's up? Um, to me, this question's a no-brainer. I hadn't read this question until just now, but this question's a no-brainer. What is harder, 100 beers, 100 miles in one week, or 100 shots and 100 miles in one week? What do you guys think? Well, initially it sounded like a no-brainer and that it's beers and miles, but when I think about it for just 10 seconds – the beers, I mean, they they kind of slow you down. They weigh you down. You start feeling it in your belly doing that. As we talked about the other week on the pod, doing that second run's a little bit tougher with all that, you know, all that carbonation just sloshing around down there. You do some shots. You just kind of you kind of rip it back, and I don't know. Maybe you get a little drunk. But other than that, what's the effect on you? So I don't know. I mean, Trent, back in my heyday. I'm not afraid to admit that I've had probably close to 13, 14 beers in a day. Like, that's happened. Like, you know, you, you can drink Miller Lights. You can drink them all day. Sometimes you, you, you the day gets away from you and, you and you have a lot. And that's what you need to average if you're doing 100 beers, 100 miles in one week. Have you ever done 14 to 15 shots in one day? Absolutely not. Okay, I mean, well, like, I, I can't imagine that would that would feel very good. Never mind for seven days straight, buddy. I think if I've had more than one shot in a sitting, I'll, I'm puking my brains out that night. Okay. Oh, Mike, we know. It, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Settle down. Settle down there, Steve. Settle down there. That's is, classified information. That's classified information. Is, no, listen. Is, shots, shots are. I don't mess around with them. No, I'm telling you right now. All you college kids out there listening right now, don't mess around with them. They are. Uh, you know, as they say in the water boy, they're the devil. Okay, if you're trying to do a hundred shots in a week, you're gonna end up in the hospital. Okay, I'm. You're right. The carbonation of beer might make it like tough to get miles in. Hundred shots might kill you. It literally might kill you. So <laughs> I'm saying, stay the hell away from that right now. Mike, Mike just like 
really brought out the lull in him right there. I mean, you could tell you were <laughs> fired up about that. <laughs> Shots are bad news, Mike Jenner. And you you don't know what's going to happen the next day. All right, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> this question comes in from Jack. This question comes in from Jack. Um, oh, boy, this is a tough question for me. I'm glad I get to go last here. What is the optimal beer mile race strategy? What do you eat beforehand? Should you do a warm-up beer? What is the pacing like? I mean, please see our our interviews with uh with you know pro beer milers Lewis Kent and uh, Chris Robertson for all the beer mile information you need. I have a I have a weird tip though from I've done you know a couple beer miles now. I find disclosure. Trent is clearly the best beer miler on the podcast. That's just whoa, 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 whoa! I hold. We've done we've done one beer mile, and Trent has blown us away. So I don't know what to tell you, Steve. I mean, I didn't do it. I I I mean. No, no, not sure. We which beer mile? The three of us have done one beer mile together, and Trent won. I don't know. Not been exactly a mile, but yeah, might have been a little more. What's your beer mile PR? Uh, I don't know. I, I do not know my beer mile. Okay. I feel like I've done a lot of at a very high level in the beer mile. Okay. I'm let's just telling you, tossing, Steve. Let's just not we, be tossing that around here. We went head to head to head, and Trent was the winner. So I don't know what to say. Thank you, Mike. The voice of reason here. Right now, you're poking the bear. <laughs> my, as the best beer miler on this podcast, I do have some tips. I find I perform best when I'm a little hungover, when I haven't, like, had the best sleep the night before. Um, I want to be a little out of it when I start. If you come in, like, feeling too fresh, your body doesn't know, like, what's ready for it. The warm-up beer is a terrible idea. I think other people can speak to how bad of an idea a warm-up beer is. But if you're a little hungover, you've got just enough, like, in your system where your body's craving a little alcohol. But you don't have it like too, you know, recently where you're ready to, you know, hurl as soon as you start running. So definitely do it after, you know, a good night out the night before. That's just terrible and awful advice. Listen, if you're about to do a beer mile, you need to approach it as an athlete because it is an athletic achievement. You need to be a tip top form ready to roll. So you want to eat light foods that are going to expand the stomach throughout the day. You want to drink a lot of water the day before, practice chugging water, but you got to be ready to go feeling good, get a good night's sleep the night before and show up to that starting line ready to run fast and chug some beer. I think Trent was alluding to it, and I don't know if he was specifically calling me out or not, but the question where, like, should you have, like, a, a, a you know, a pre-race beer, like a warm-up beer, and the answer is no. I, I did a beer mile one time where I my theory was it's easier to, to throw back beers when you're feeling a little bit drunk. So I, I, I had a, a couple, I would say. Uh, what they call in the business crack and cokes. It's a the crack and rum with a little Coca Cola. I had two to three of them before a beer mile. Let me just tell you, I didn't make it through two laps of that race, so I would advise against that strategy. Not a great strategy. All right, moving on. We got three questions left, boys. We're we're, we're cooking with gas here. This one comes in from Juan, and he says. Will the postponement of the Olympics make for a better event 
basically will the athletes because they have an extra year to prepare be give better times and a better performances because of the postponement what do you think yeah i mean we we've talked about this a little bit already but yeah i mean especially an event like the marathon we were we were talking about how these runners are going to it must be a relief for those for those uh for those that have qualified for the for the Olympics in the in the marathon knowing that they have a year and a quarter or a year and a half to kind of get ready for their marathon. So in the marathon, I absolutely think it's going to help. Um it's hard to say if a uh, if an athlete was was uh you know was ready to peak and ready to roll for for this Olympics, it's a uh, it's it's a tough blow to take that they have to stretch this out for another year. But I think for most of the U.S. track athletes, having another year to prep is going to help them. So I think it's going to be overall a good thing with a select few like Donovan Brazier. Not that he won't do well next year. He was ready to roll this year. Yeah, I think it's tough to say it's it's better or worse either way because, you know, you have another year to, to train, right? So right at this point, people have 14 months or whatever, 15 months to get ready. Um, there was a lot of athletes 15 months ago that had that in their head. And they're like, okay, we have 15 months to get there. Um, so while as some people are peaking right now, they're not going to be able to get to that same peak. Maybe they have now peaked too early. Um, just as many will be able to, to get the right time out there. So I think it's kind of a wash. If you... Uh, Taking into consideration the current events with the uh, cancellations of World Indoors um, and the other track events that are going on and the disruption in training, it's definitely a good thing uh, because a lot of people that were ready to like qualify at Worlds or ready to, you know, just just come into form are not going to have those races to get themselves in the form. So with that argument, uh, uh, it's good to be pushed off. But if we had just avoided this whole, you know, all these shenanigans altogether, then I think it would have been, you know, it's a wash. Yeah, I mean, I think it's completely an individual basis, right? Like, obviously, if you're injured right now, this is good for you. If you're at the peak of your performance, it's bad for you. I'd say all in all, though, it's bad in general because most people are going to be peaking and, like, setting themselves up for the Olympics. They've been putting in the work for the Olympics. So an extra year doesn't really help you. It just, like, resets the cycle that you just did. Like, I think it's a little bit silly to think that, like, the next cycle will be better than the one you were just doing so for the average person who's like healthy and gearing up, it just prolongs it. So I'm gonna say no. All right, we. Hey, got before to... we move on to the next question, I got a quick question for you guys. Have you thought at all about the fact that we probably attended the best event in our sport in the year 2020? And the only one that matters. Yeah. In the year 2020. I mean, the cancellation of the of the track trials, the the postponement of the Olympics. I think we can look back at this year and be like, we were at the most important event in running for for the year 2020. For an entire year, that's pretty crazy. Right. Shout out to us. And I mean, in at the time, we did, there's we had no way of realizing it, but you know, when it's all said and done, like, yeah, we 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 did it. We were there. And Steve, shout out to us if you if you want to see what we were up to there and what the coverage was like and what was going on at the trials in Atlanta, go to www.peaktooearly.com. Go to the videos tab. My boy Trent has put the video on the website there for you to check it out. So, so that's where you can find it. All right. The next question, this one comes in from Jake. This is our second to last question coming in. And I, I specifically didn't want to do any coronavirus related questions, but I think this one will pass. So what is the most questionable thing you've eaten 
while you've been in quarantine? Trent, I feel like Ooh. you should be the person to start to start this question since you've been in quarantine a little bit longer than us. So this is this is a tough question for me because I am in quarantine in my like family's house, right? So I have, you know, two fully functioning adults buying groceries and like giving me wonderful food every night. So I have eaten like a king. Um it, the most questionable food that I have eaten. I re- I really don't have anything, man. I've been like like I said, eating like a king. I feel like I'm disappointing the listeners, but uh shout out to my mom. My mom's making me some great food, so shout out Mrs. Fontanella. Oh, this one's easy for me. So I've been kind of on a little bit of a smoothie kick lately, and I'm making all different types of smoothies. And there's this one smoothie I really like that calls for just kind of a small piece of mango, right? And so mangoes are really tough to cut. They got the like the pit in the middle, so you kind of cut out a little sliver, and you, you and I throw just a piece of that in my smoothie. And this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, you know that that smoothie recipe I tried earlier this week is is, uh, you know, that's kind of what I'm craving this morning. So start putting the ingredients in there. I'm like, oh, I need the sliver of mango. I pull it out and it is disgusting. It's, it's, it's started to rot. It's really, really <laughs> gross. And I debated, should I do it without the mango? And I was like, no, it's not, it's not going to taste the same. So I was like, let me just do my best, cut into it and try to find some good parts. I cut into it. There weren't many good parts, but I think I got a small piece and I threw it in there. Highly questionable, but hey, you know, desperate times calls for desperate measures. Did it taste good? Oh, the smoothie tastes great. All that matters. We'll see. We'll see how it sits with Steve in a couple of days here. But so, I mean, for me, it's like I'm still week one quarantine, Mike. So for the most part, I've been pretty good. I can only imagine like what it will look like in two or three weeks when I'm just, you know, eating cereal for dinner and, you know, pizza for breakfast. I would say for the most part, though, it's just been like, your day has no structure, right? Like I'm working from home, so my day has no structure. So it's like, it's it's mostly when the times I eat are just completely off, right? Like I'm used to a very structured, like I wake up at six in the morning and I have my smoothie at 6 a.m. Every day at work, the cafeteria is only open for an hour. So I eat during that hour. And then by the, like, the time I get home, my wife usually has dinner ready to go around 7.30. And it's like every single day is just one after the other. I'm just living in the world. It's like I, either I just am eating at ridiculous times or I'm just eating all day long. It's just like nonstop eating. I don't eat a single meal. It's just like crackers and hummus for like 12 hours a day. And that's just like what my meals are. So I would say that's where I'm, where I'm at right now. Hey, shout and out to Smoothie Gang. Shout out to Smoothie Gang. That's right. Cuties with right, smoothies. The, the last question of – that that's, a, that's quite the reference if anybody gets that. Smoothie can yeah. <laughs> Cuties with smoothies. Cuties with smoothies, that's right. Shout out. Uh History Hyena's great show that uh we you know the the peak too early boys have a strong connection with. Maybe we'll do some content with them in the future. Who knows? <laughs> I feel like if you just say things out loud, sometimes they come true. You never know. Alright, the last question. This comes in from Colin. This is our boy Colin who was out in Atlanta. Uh, with us. Colin, what's up, Colin? He's got some questions for us. He's actually got a couple, so we'll we'll run through them really quick right now. This one's pretty funny, actually, because I feel like we're all in different places in our life. Who would win in a one-mile race tomorrow? Steve, Trent, or Mike? What do you think, Trent? Based, based on how sore I am from my jog, my 20-minute jog yesterday, I'll put myself in third place. Uh, Steve or Mike, I'm taking Steve. 
I haven't been running very well lately, but I'm I, I bet you I could take you, Mike. Right? Bet on yourself. Bet on yourself. Yeah. Bet on yourself. See, the thing is, like, Trent scares me because he's one of those people who, like, no matter, like, where he's at in his training, he just seems to always put it on on game day. And Steve's kind of the same way, too. I am in the worst mental running state of my entire life. I'm at this point where I'm just, like, I I show up to a road race and – I'm four steps into the race and it's like, I've already counted myself out. So I'm not putting any money on myself right now. I would say it would probably go, I'm going give, to give myself the benefit of the doubt that I would take Trent just because he's so out of shape. I would say it would go Steve, me, Trent. Hey, That's remember remember when you guys were going were gonna to run a couple indoor races this winter? No. Yeah, it didn't happen. Oh, hey, Trent, we <laughs> haven't talked about this yet, but do you remember when your girlfriend came within five seconds of beating me in a five-miler? So you you text me and you're like I think I think your girlfriend might have let me win, and when when she got home that night I had a very like stern talk with her. It's like if you ever, gender, <laughs> if you ever let him beat you in a race, I will I'll leave right now. I mean it was, but she said no no you, you beat her um fair and square. But if maybe uh if maybe she had snuck up on you she could have got you. So she uh, will quickly go on this. Megan just is having the biggest comeback of all time. She went from like an eighth grade stud who fizzled out to all of a sudden being like this incredible runner. And I'm coming down the home stretch and I just, and like I said, mentally just have nothing in the tank. And I turn the corner with like three quarters of a mile to go and I look back real quick and your girlfriend is just like waving to me with the biggest smile on her face like, hey! Like, are you freak? Like, I have never been more disappointed and mad at myself. And she was so happy to see me. And, like, it wasn't, like, a taunting. It was so genuinely happy. Like, she's like, oh, I'm still, like, near you. Like, hi, Mike. And I was just like, God, freaking damn it. So whatever, like, I, I pulled together. I think I texted you right after the race. And I was just like, first of all, I think Megan let me win this, win, beat her. Second of all. I am the worst runner right now. <laughs> like something along those lines. So your so, performance that race, Mike, was pitiful. I it mean, was... I can't believe we waited like three weeks to talk about this. But all right, moving <laughs> on. The... <laughs> um, all right. The last um question that we will ask tonight, and again, I didn't want to talk coronavirus. Um, but the final question is. You know, it's it, we talked a little bit the last episode, and based on where Trent's been in his history, the listeners want to know. Colin wants to know for the final question tonight. Trent, do you have coronavirus? <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe yesterday I would have said, hell no, I'm totally fine. Like I'm not scared of coronavirus. Coronavirus is scared of me. There's no way that I, in peak physical condition like I am, could ever get coronavirus. But we did get an email like last night from the cruise company. The hello. It didn't even say coronavirus. It just said someone on your cruise has tested positive. And then it just goes <laughs> on to say, please wash your hands. I was like, thanks, man. Like, what what great advice. So uh, I cannot, I cannot, can't deny that I have coronavirus. Um, I don't know. I guess time will tell. So the moment 
that this whole thing became like real and I got scared and, and I was worried about coronavirus and I was like, you know, this is a pandemic and we, we need to we need to, you know, take extra precautions like we need to take social distancing seriously was the moment that Marcus Smart released that video admitting that he has coronavirus. And I was like, if this thing can catch Marcus Smart, then we're all screwed. Literally the grittiest athlete in the history of the world cannot avoid it. Trent's speechless right Trent, now. I, 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 I was expecting you to I think he's scared for his spark. life, Steve. I was Steve, expecting I, he's scared. I was expecting to spark this to spark all types of conversation. Well, I know it's quiet. I, I, I think you hit a sore subject for him, Steve. Is Marcus really Smart is. is my I mean, based on especially with like current events and other Boston sports teams, Marcus Smart is like by far my favorite Boston athlete right now. He might be my favorite basketball player since like Allen Iverson. We're talking like like a, a just a different level of appreciation I have for that man. Um, so to see like see him have it is. It's, <laughs> I don't know what to say, guys. Are you okay, Trent? Are you okay, buddy? <laughs> I just want Marcus Mark to be better. Um, shout out to Marcus. Uh, shout out You're to your family. Sad. Shout out to everyone. Um, we wish you, wish you well, Marcus. Uh, do we have any more questions, Mike? Steve, that is it. We are done. That is questions for the week. All right. Well, maybe we might do this again next week. This was fun. This was fun. All right, Mike. How should I end this? <laughs> I mean, generally you say I would have run faster. Okay. All right. And they say. But it's a bonus though. Okay. Phrase. Yeah, but I think you should still probably end All it right. the same. Well, you know, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away.